Hey cousins, welcome to Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Welcome cousins to this episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. I'm your host, Cornell Wright, the People's Lobbyist. Let's have a brown liquor and bad idea conversation about Afghanistan. You might want to need one or two for this one. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas is intended for the participation of responsible adults of legal drinking age who wish to engage in substantive virtual discussions and social drinking for entertainment purposes only. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas does not advocate the abuse of alcoholic beverages. Choosing to participate in any of the drinking activities shared in the program should be made with moderation and caution and is the sole responsibility of the user. So cousins, keep wearing my mask, you keep wearing yours, because we know it prohibits respiratory disease communication or exchange, i.e., which is COVID-19. So cousins, let's give you a brown liquor and bad ideas uh, conversation and cocktail regarding Afghanistan. First and foremost, let me say to all those who served, all those who gave their final and ultimate sacrifice, all those who were wounded, all those who had issues associated with PTSD, et cetera, and who served in Afghanistan, I want to thank you for all of us. This is not about you, this conversation, okay? What I want to talk about is let me just kind of take a view from what we have seen and have experienced regarding Afghanistan over almost 20 years. Now, cousins, Let's recognize that there are scholars on Afghanistan. Uh, people are going to be writing information, writing books, and have already written books and articles. And so this is not a complete conversation. Here's like a brown liquor cursory view, maybe a little deep dive in a couple things to ask some questions like, are we really paying attention to what happened? And do we kind of know as a quick review to put things in a little bit more of a context? You with me, cousins? Okay. Let me kind of give you a brief history of my limited understanding about Afghanistan, admittedly. So when it, we invaded Afghanistan in 2001, after the 9-11 event, okay, and I'll get back to President Bush in just a moment, to my understanding, Afghanistan had only ever been conquered by like Alexander the Great and Genghis Khan. It had been invaded by a lot of people over time, but no one had ever really conquered that nation working with them, consolidating, letting them maintain their culture and their way of doing things, conquering, no. If you go back and look at that Rambo III, and we talked about how Russia invaded you know, Afghanistan in what, the 1980s, and we were all supportive of that, why? Because Russia was getting their butts kicked, which by the way, if you go back and look at the history and check me on this, we were supporting Osama bin Laden in fighting against the Russians at that point in time. If you go back further and look at that whole dialogue of the information we were being presented, Ronald Reagan was getting benefits for having broken down the Soviet Union, not only because of his Star Wars, but only because of some other socioeconomic activities, but because Afghanistan was actually robbing the country of Russia of its resources because they were losing so many men, so many materials, and so much money in trying to suppress that country. Those are difficult hard people who are definitely culturally bound and specific, seemingly for millennium. You got that, cousins? They've been doing what they want to do for a long time. So, you start looking at that. Let's look, look, look another aspect of Afghanistan. 
They are the number one poppy producer in the world. So you think about that, cousins, how you become the number one poppy producer in the world continuously. And then also you start looking at poppy. What does poppies do? Poppies produce opiates. One of those opiates is heroin. Okay, so you think about for the period of time we've been there, has there been a disruption in the heroin traffic or heroin trade on a global basis? I would submit no, and you look at that Rambo movie, it starts to give you a little bit of impact and perspective about that. So here's a story, cousins. I was teaching a course at the community college, and the course is consumer behavior. Consumer behavior is that nexus between psychology and marketing in order to come up with how we impact consumers, modify their behavior, and give them perspectives. So let me ask you for a moment. Close your eyes and think about the imagery that you have of Afghanistan. You got that picture? So how many of you, when you thought about Afghanistan and what we've been able to see and what's been presented to us on all of our media, did you see it dusty, craggy, rocky, mountainous, right? So if that is all true, cousins, I mentioned that to one of my classes in consumer behavior. And I said, hey class, what's going on if that's all that we see? At the time, I was fortunate enough to have some students in my class who were from Pakistan. One of the students leaned back in his chair and said, Professor Wright, you haven't seen the right pictures. <laughs> of course, that must be true because the pictures we see are not pictures that could have beautiful, lush valleys full of poppy plants, right cousins? Have you seen too many green pictures in regards to Afghanistan and your mental picture of what's been presented? I say not. Cousins, we weren't getting all the information we needed. So if you go back and look a little bit historical perspective, 9-11, was a terrible event and activity. It shook the foundation of the United States in regards to our individual and national security, right? And so on the wave of that, and keep in mind a comment which I go to a lot, everyone's heard of Sun Tzu and his art of war. One of the precepts or the quotes from Sun Tzu and the art of war is that there is no instance of a nation benefiting from prolonged warfare. Think about that, cousins. No instance of a nation benefiting from prolonged warfare. That's the Sun, the sun Tzu in the art of war. So you go back and you look at it. So President Bush initiated the war in Afghanistan. He was president for eight years, right? Yeah, eight. During the course of those eight years, he did not terminate the war. I contend that within, going back to the precepts of Sun Tzu, Within eight years, we could have identified that what we thought we were going to do, what we hoped to provide, what we hoped to engage there was not going to happen. He should have canceled and gotten us out of the war. Then comes President Obama. If you recall, when President Obama came in, he was dealing with a little bit of a problem, like a global economic crisis, right? And that kind of, kind of took precedence over almost everything. Our country was cratering the international, international monetary systems, everything was starting to crater. That was a little bit more of a significance, okay? He did, in fact, bring us health care, which is still being contested, but for a lot of cousins, we really need that. And by the way, he did, in fact, get Osama bin Laden, finally, not in Afghanistan, right? So cousins, I would say he might have some, some other things he was doing. 
Then we get President Trump who comes along. And President Trump comes along, and he then, you know, seeing what happens in his four years, makes a deal with the Taliban without having the government, which he had been supporting for like 16 years at the table, which then identified that we were going to leave by, what, May of 2021. Now, for those who've been in business or in any other deal or transaction, you kind of know that if a deal is being cooked and you're not at the table, you're not in the deal. <laughs> you got to be at the table to be in the deal. Okay? Go look at Hamilton. You got to be at the table. You got to be in the room where it happens. If the Afghani government was not in the room where it was happening, they were out. So now President Biden comes, to, comes in town and he has a deadline of, of May, whatever number to get out. He extends it into a little bit longer for a little more recovery and that sort of thing. And then people are giving him grief about, gee, it didn't look good. I'm sorry, cousins. Let's go back with that quick review. We had 20 years to kind of decide whether or not it would look good or how to make it happen. And when you leave after 20 years of engagement, how is it going to look? Think about that. How is it going to look? Because on the other side of this whole equation, cousins, let's think about this. We had 20 years of trying to present our positions and present what we thought was democracy, present more importantly, we've heard a lot in regards to the Afghani women having the opportunity of getting education and being more engaged. Certainly, I'm a proponent of that, and I'm sure a lot of cousins here in the United States are. But let's look a little bit deeper in that in just a moment. So cousins, here's what happened, to my understanding. This is what's been presented on TV. Check me if I'm wrong. This is the information that we got. Allegedly, there were 300,000 Afghani trained troops by the United States with all the military capability we could offer. Allegedly, there were 70,000 Taliban troops. Now, for those going back to my military history a little bit and that sort of thing, cousins, you need a three to one ratio to be an attacking force. You with me? So that means the Taliban got 70,000 people going against 300,000 who are theoretically embedded because, hey, it's our country, right? In fact, it's everybody's country. That was part of the issue. It was kind of a civil war going on. And they took over that period of time in the country in a matter of weeks. So what did those 300,000 trained troops do? Cousins. <laughs> There's going to be stories and books written about that. Because it appeared as we were getting the nightly news, they were just kind of sweeping through a town and sweeping through a town and sweeping through a town. And then, by the way, remember that, that um, Afghani government we talked about earlier? Those folks left. Right? Because why? They weren't a part of the deal. So maybe it starts to become a question of what's the moral, what was the morality, what was the morale of the troops in regards to supporting that? And then, cousins, we get a lot of support. We're getting a lot of talk regarding the various women's groups. And all due respect, I would support that. But I wasn't fighting there. So you think about it. If I'm one of the Afghani troops and I come home and tell my wife, well, you know, we're going to go back to whatever situation it was before, it becomes a very simple question, which fight I'm going to have. <laughs> Either I'm going to fight these other guys, we're going to change things, I'm going to fight this fight at home. 
I would submit that there was a compromise made on a lot of levels in Afghanistan that we didn't know or don't understand. Let's go to another level. They talk about all the Americans who were in Afghanistan that we need to spend additional resources and time to get out. I'm sorry, cousins. If the president, former President Trump, had made an arrangement to get out by May, isn't that when you were supposed to get out? Unless you had some other motivation to be there. What might those motivations be? Motivation of the heart. You're in love with somebody, so now you're trying to work on how to get them out with you. How about monetary motivation? You have a business arrangement to maintain or continue. But if the question of maybe, maybe, maybe it was a social services, you're trying to do some charitable work or have a hospital or whatever. But at the end of the day, cousins, you start to see this thing. If you were engaged, aren't you supposed to have the requirements to do the best you can do to get out quickly before everything comes to the end? And now we're all upset talking about, gee, why didn't we get all these Americans out? Why didn't they get out? You're living in another country. You understand it's a hostile environment. You should have your to-go bag always ready. No? I'm just saying, because that's a bad idea. So we started looking at this whole thing of how this all unraveled, and I would come down to my perspective of being two things about running bad ideas. It turns out that what we were offering is not what the Afghani people in the larger sense were buying. Because here's two sides of that. The Taliban was providing an environment which some people knew, some people didn't know, some people agreed with, perhaps not everybody. But on the other side, cousins, when you are in an engaging militaristic activity for 20 years, there are going to be casualties. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be things that happened wrong. And maybe the Afghani people decided that the lesser of the two evils was to move back to the Taliban as opposed to pursue the direction that we had taken or were offering. The other side is, and let's be honest, cousins, if we spent theoretically over a trillion dollars over the last 20 years in Afghanistan with equipment, aids, supply, services, etc., there are a lot of cousins who made a lot of money. Those cousins who made money were about companies who also produced goods and services that were sent there. Many of you worked for those companies and organizations. Many of your representatives and senators were supporting those activities in order to support our engagement and our time there. That's the way it works, cousins. So we look back on it and say, well, gee, are there lessons to be learned? There should be a post-audit of what happened in Afghanistan so we make better decisions next time. Or in fact, if we don't look at it or don't think about it, we may make similar decisions in the future. But think about it, cousins. How many bad ideas occurred over the last 20 years in regards to that? And should we, in fact, do the better and be better going into the future? That's the question. We can't fix the past. We have to look at this, take the lessons from it, and move forward in the future. That wraps it up, cousins. It's a brown liquor and bad idea view about Afghanistan. It's not complete because we're not dealing, because we're drinking. It's not deep enough for that. Well, we give you some ideas to think about and continue moving forward for how we need to pursue our activities in the future and who we want to support making our decisions going forward. You take care, cousins. Continue wearing your mask. Join me next week on Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. We are the 